The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. How are you feeling now? Good. Fine. Back at work. What line of work are you in? Waste management consultant. I'm sorry, Paul. Nobody knows anything. I haven't seen him since the Schwitz. The last thing he said to me was, go f*** yourself. You're not going to believe this. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. This house looked like You don't know me at all. I know you better than anybody, Tony. Even your friends. Which is probably why you hate me. Hate you? Oh, don't worry. I'm going to hell when I die. Nice thing to say to a person heading into an MRI. On January the 10th, 1999, the first episode of The Sopranos aired on HBO. It was written and directed by the series creator David Chase. The show is often credited with the beginning of a golden age on television. Well, joining me now to explain all is super fan of the series, Ger Gilroy from Off the Ball. Ger, good morning. How are you, Pat? Uh, I watched it occasionally. I was never hooked in, but you, you were telling me during the break I should go back to it. I'm slightly jealous of you because you get the opportunity to discover it all <laughs> as a, a neophyte. Um, I think because you, I, I've watched it three or four times at different stages of my life. And the first time you watch it, you're watching it for the excitement and the prop, the plot. But as you get older, you realise that uh, this is actually a parenting drama. The relationship mm. between Tony Soprano and his wife, Carmela and their inability to manage their relationship with their kids is actually comedic genius at points. So a lot of people think The Sopranos is uh, violence, drug taking, uh, murder, racketeering, oh, And of course it is. And it is all that, but it, it is also, at its heart, a comedy in many parts where it's a relationship between a mother and a son who is uh, one of the reasons why he ends up in therapy. And then it's also a relationship between Tony and his wife and his kids. And his kids are gone through the teenage years. And as anybody who has ever been a parent mm. uh, knows that, you know, teenagers can be difficult. Uh, we were all yeah, difficult but, teenagers ourselves at one point. But there are kids who grew up with everything, all the material things that life can offer, but yet they knew where it came from. Well, they actually go on a journey of discovery as, as so the, it, it's around the birth of the internet and uh, the elder sister is looking stuff up and the little brother eventually is like, hang on a second, are, are we the baddies? There's, there is that dawning realisation on them. And um, and just how they deal with that is, is a very interesting subplot as the seasons go on. Now, what's interesting about this is is where it was first aired and why that was different because mainstream broadcast, uh, you know, have a date with the programme television, did not want The Sopranos. Everybody turned it down originally. And so people might remember HBO comes along and has a, a series called Oz, which is the first kind of slightly difficult long-form television that comes out. But at exactly the same time as The Sopranos comes out, Sex and the City comes out. And these two series essentially change the future of television um, because they're not advertising dependent, so which means they're not tied to the old television hour, which means there isn't a first part which ends with a setup, a second part where there's a payoff and a third part where it's all neatly wrapped up. So the narrative can be different. It doesn't have to be formulaic. Exactly. You can go week to week. You can be long form. You can be an hour and 10 minutes for some episodes. You can be 43 43 minutes for another one. And that gave great creative freedom to David Chase and the the team of writers and directors 
who put together that first season. And I think it was a bit of a slow burn. Uh, you, you know, I, mm. I don't think it had massive crossover appeal, but it then also gets a second life later when box sets become a thing and people begin to access it in DVD. So it, it has it has this perfect confluence of being given creative freedom on a, a new channel that was allowing the violence yeah. and that was allowing difficult themes to build up over a period of time, uh, as well as the comedy and uh, non-broadcast uh, nudity, which was like, oh my goodness, what, sure. what is this on TV? Um, of course, HBO is cable. Um, now we have um, cable pretty much everywhere, be it satellite cable, but we also have streamers. Yeah. Um, how has that changed things? I mean, have we gone back to um, a, a more liberal golden age with the likes of Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime and Disney Plus, where in theory anything goes? I think that's up for debate, right? Because David Chase, the creator this week, has, has done interviews where he's been critical of the fact that there hasn't been a slew of stuff that has followed on. We've actually, his argument is that because of the distraction of our phones, we can no longer concentrate for the long period of time that it would have taken for somebody to get into The Sopranos. And so you're getting much more bite-sized and much more condensed, more disposable television. I'm not quite sure that I fully agree with that. There is some good prestige television that is being made at the moment, for example, in the first episode of The Sopranos, Tony Soprano is talking to us, the audience, but also his shrink. And he goes, lately, I got the feeling that I came in at the end. You know, he's pining for the golden era of the mafia. Mm. And I feel a little bit like David Chase is pining for the golden era of, t- era of TV. And neither of this is actually right. There is great television being made and there is great freedom for some people if you get the right deal. However, Prime have just recently have, uh, announced that they're going to have ads and Netflix yeah. are bringing an ad model back. And once you start doing that... You don't have the opportunity to do your, well, there's no room for an ad break in this. There has to be room for an ad break and you've got to set it up and you've got to bring the audience with you. Now, uh, this was 25 years ago when it first aired. Was there a sense, because it spanned uh, 9-11, it came out before 9-11 and then it had to reflect 9-11. Was it, uh, you know, reflecting maybe an elegy for an America that that used to be and perhaps never was, by the way. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper. That, yeah. that, that's one of the themes of it is whatever happened Gary Cooper and um, the strong silent types and that that's a recurring motif in it but in, interestingly the Twin Towers are actually the opening credits we, we played the music for it there the Alabama 3 track in the opening credits he's he's travelling across the New Jersey Turnpike and there is a shot of the World Trade Centre and so obviously this becomes a preoccupation for them as well where the FBI who had been following the Mafia suddenly have their resources trained on Afghanistan and uh, there are conversations with the FBI agents and, and that slows down their ability to infiltrate the mafia. So that was a that's like an, an, a nice little kind of wrinkle that they had to deal with in the in the writing of it. But I agree with you that America that, you know, the strong silent type, that's the whole point of great American fiction. The great novels, the great movies is like painting something that wasn't real and that the main character's all and they are wistful for are desperately trying that was to. never there. Uh, where can I find it these days? That's a very good question. I actually don't know where you can get it. I'm told, uh, not uh, just in my ears, Sue has said that you can get it on Sky through now. Okay, there you go. So through now, yeah. There you are. I, I'm going Dude, to take honestly, your advice. Honestly, it's, yeah, you will not regret it. <laughs> the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.